Now, typical how it would work with me, I hate preaching from a computer. And this morning I need to because of the way the sermon goes and now it's not working. <laughs> so ironic, right? It's in here, so I need some prompts that's on there just to get us through this morning. But I'm gonna start, I'm gonna preach this morning if you wanna open up your Bibles from Acts chapter two. We're gonna be looking at the first church, one of my personal favorite pieces of the word to study. And if you guys were here last year, for those of you who aren't that new, last year was a year of devotion where we spent a lot of time in this piece of passage to try and understand what it looked like when the very first church started out of when Jesus walked on the earth and he gave his apostles the mandate to be the church, the church looked a very certain way. And I believe this morning we're gonna celebrate what God has done this year through looking through that lens of the first church and seeing how they did it, what they did, and you guys are gonna see the similarities. Now by no means do I stand here this morning saying that this is by the work of men. And I wanna start this morning by saying that all our thanksgiving this morning is found and stirred and birthed in Jesus Christ as he leads us, his body. Colossians 1, I'm gonna quickly turn there. This is one of the scriptures that would have been on my PowerPoint, but I'm quickly gonna find it. Colossians 1 verses 17 says it like this. And Jesus is before all things and in him all things hold together. That's us and everything that you see around you. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning. Isn't that amazing? And I realized this morning as we give thanks, it's all about him and what he has done. It's about him leading us. Second Corinthians says it so beautifully in triumphal procession. So it's a beautiful analogy that's being used here. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a wedding where the procession takes up most of the ceremony. Anyone been to any of those? Where you sit and then the first person walks in and the second one walks in. Uh, my greatest experience of that was at an American wedding where the procession pro probably took around 10 minutes. Thank goodness we didn't have to stand and wait for the bride. But the whole family walked in. I think if it's in India, it would have been an hour because the family just, everyone is involved. But a wedding procession is that moment of expectation for the bride to come. And maybe in, in the context of what the word was written in that time, it looked a little bit like that, that expectation and people walking in and something is about to happen and, and, and in the Jewish culture, the groom came to the bride, the bride was the one waiting. I once went to a wedding where it was founded in Jewish tradition and the bride was the one standing with her white dress up front waiting for the groom to come. And we were all waiting in expectation and the next moment there were shofars blowing and loud music and in came dancing the groom to his bride. I turned to Eliana and I said, I'm so sorry I didn't do that years back. <laughs> and she said, thank you that you didn't do it. <laughs> but the Bible speaks about this. It says there's a triumphant procession in Christ, which means step by step there's victory. Step by step we triumph in Him as the church until that day where we eagerly expect and await for Him to come dancing and taking us to Him into heaven as His pure and spotless bride. Isn't that amazing? And I was thinking about this year and looking back over it and realized 
as we go through this year and look at what God has done, it's that step-by-step -step moment of triumph and victory and triumph and victory, of just the eager anticipation of becoming more and more as He wants us to be, a pure and spotless bride. And we keep doing that from this moment forward. It's not like the year is over, hit a pause button, three weeks of resting and doing nothing. I hope this morning your heart is stirred with greater passion for the kingdom, a greater faith, a greater expectation of what is yet to come, that He would continue to lead us in this beautiful procession of triumph as He promises. So this morning we're gonna look, as I said, at the first church. And the expression of the first church was found in Jesus. It was found in people completely devoting themselves to Him. It wasn't by the efforts of man, but it was people understanding that they co-labor with Christ. That Christ is the one laboring in His kingdom and we have the wonderful privilege to co-labor. And yes, by the end of this morning, we'll give thanks to everyone that has co-labored and have given their times and energy and heart into this year. But let's read together the first church example that we see with Christ being the head. And it'll be up on the screen, Acts 2, verse 42 to 44. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. A little bit like this morning, the awe of God. Just the, wow, God, you're amazing. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Verse 46 to 47. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Lord Jesus, this morning as we study this scripture again in light of what you, Jesus, have done this year, may you speak to our hearts, may you stir in us a greater passion to devote ourselves completely to you. We honor you and the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would anoint your words this morning in Jesus' name, amen. The first thing that we read here, when Christ is the head of a church, the people, the church, are devoted themselves to the word. It says here that they devoted themselves to the word. No one make them devote themselves to the word. No one said, you know what, you ought to and you better devote yourselves to the word. They themselves in their hearts purpose to say, the word of God, these teachings, the Bible, and as we have it today, they didn't have this, but we've got the full story. Isn't that amazing? These people devoted themselves to it. And I was looking back over this year of how we as a house have done that taken our time to devote ourselves deeply to the word, not only on a Sunday, but taking it into life groups and studying the word into a greater depth. We did a survey this week, thank you for those who participated, but there was one of the things that came out through so many of you guys saying thanks that we could as a church spend so much time in the Bible as it is and read it as it is. You see, we, we live in a day today where there's TED Talks, and podcasts, and new theologies, and different experiences. But I'm excited that we could be a house that devote ourselves to the infallible, infallible, perfect Word of God as He has given it to us today. And I wanna take us through a quick journey of some of the things that we said. We started the year in the book of Habakkuk. 
the Hills and Valleys series. You guys remember that? Wow, listen to this scripture again. Lord, I have heard of your fame and I stand in awe of your deeds. This is Habakkuk speaking. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. Who of you have seen God repeat his works in your life this week or this year? Just put up your hands. This is the prayer we prayed at the beginning of this year. Lord, even in the valleys where it's difficult, even on the high mountains where it's hard to sometimes walk, would you repeat your works because we've heard of how amazing you are. And this year we got to see again how incredible this God is that we serve. He makes us sure-footed as the deer in the high places. He gives us the ability to walk and navigate in difficult terrain. Then we, sp we spoke about Gideon and what Gideon has done. And it, we spoke about how the Lord turned, the Bible said the Lord turned to Gideon. And when the Lord turns to us, our lives turn around. When there's that moment of encounter with him, everything changes. And God said something very interesting to Gideon. He said, go with the strength you have. Don't wait for more strength. Don't wait for anything else. Don't try and muster up. What you have is enough. What you have is sufficient. I have turned to you. I'm sending you. Now go. And then we studied what happened when Gideon's life changed and turned around because of God's power in his midst. You guys remember that one? And then, yo, this was one of our favorites. On the Rock sermon series. The Sermon on the Mount. Studying the words of Jesus, the preacher. Not Pierre the preacher or Ricky the preacher or anyone else the preacher. But the works of that beautiful Sermon on the Mount of Jesus started off with Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who know how there's a shortfall in their spirit and that it comes from God. And He wants to pour out and fill it up. And it took us all the way through to the end where it talks about the two houses, the one on the sand and the one on the rock. And then Jesus says, all these things that I've taught you, if you hear it and do it, your life will be like that of the house that's built on the rock. And I love the testimonies and the miracles that we've seen coming out of that sermon series, how people have taken their foundations off the sand and said, I'm gonna now build it on what Jesus has said. It's not just in the hearing, but in the doing. We studied for a couple of weeks, Psalm 103, oh my soul. A little bit of play on words there. Like, oh my soul, that time of year again. So busy and kids and year in parties and oh my soul the kids have three weeks extra holiday now because the teacher says go home don't come back <laughs> any parents like that this morning <laughs> what do we do with them now but in psalm 103 the writer there says bless the lord oh my soul he speaks to his soul and he says i'm gonna bless god and i'm gonna remember all his beautiful things he reminded himself and he said don't forget the benefits of god don't be overwhelmed by what's in front of you. Remind yourself of the benefits of knowing God. That was amazing. Carol McKeezy did one of those. And then we did Advantage. Person, the power, and the produce of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit with us, walking with us. The person of the Trinity of God. And then the Holy Spirit within us. The hand, as Mark showed us, going into the glove. And because he lives in us, produces a fruit and it moves as he wants us to move. And then the power of the Holy Spirit upon us, the power to do miracles, the power to pray for healing, the power to, to see all the signs and wonders happen as 
it's described in the New Testament. That was an amazing, empowering series, right? Then we did priests and exiles. Turn to your neighbor quickly and tell them you're a priest. Now imagine them with a dark collar and a black outfit. <laughs> now that's not the priests that the Bible spoke about. But we study here together how we are a royal nation, a holy priesthood set aside to proclaim the excellencies of God. How each one of us have been given the mandate to share God's message. And amongst that, there were a whole lot of other messages, individual messages that we shared, the God of all comfort. Last week, Ricky spoke so powerfully about anxiety and don't be anxious for anything. And I just wanna thank God this morning and I wanna thank Christ for leading us in this, in not in people's ideas or clever tweetable quotes. Sometimes I get a little bit of a chill down my spine when I see a preacher like, tweet that. It's like, it's not about you, it's about Jesus. It's about the word. And I thank God that we are in the midst of leaders who keep us accountable to this word. And says, guys, what does the Bible say? We wanna preach it as it is. We wanna rightly divide the word of truth. So can we give Jesus a hand this morning for leading us in his word. Some other expressions of the teaching of the word is, there's some Bible study groups. One is with Simeon where he takes guys line by line through a Bible book, it's amazing. The other one is Dave and his team at Reasonable Faith. Got a little slide for that one as well. Monday nights they talk about the more difficult topics and how to debate apologetics and thoughts around the Bible and existence and creation and all these things. Tomorrow night, by the way, I'm just plugging that in. There's our final reasonable faith chapter uh, moment and it's gonna talk about the dignity of the human, right? Is that the right words? Thanks, Dieter will be presenting. Um, make an effort to be there. But we're studying the word of God deeply. Go through to our youth, go through to our life groups, go through to your workplaces. We've heard so many people say, I took this message and I took it to my workplace. One individual in this church uh, is part of a, a school and she often comes and says, you know what, that message, can I share it with the kids <laughs> the next day? Because that's the message I wanna take to them. So the word of God and a devotion to the word of God is what we've done this year. Second thing is they devoted themselves to the fellowship. They intended in their hearts because Jesus was leading them that they need to be deeply devoted, not just connecting, but devoted to meeting with other believers of Jesus. And as often as they can, and as regularly as they can. And I wanna read a couple of testimonies that's come to us this week of people celebrating this. First one, God has carefully brought restoration this year. He is a just, faithful father. We truly can put our trust in him. Being part of the spiritual family has been a catalyst for this very restoration. We are surrounded by people who genuinely care, encourage and help carry our burdens. It brings me such joy to be part of the spiritual family. Another one, the men's camp, all the men that were there, give me a amen. Thank you. Three men that were there. The men's camp, this is one testimony, one person, the men's camp, the life group, and the nourishment from the preaching of his word have all made this year so far one of the best spiritual years of my life. 
Next person, I'm thankful for God's grace and patience. He's leading and his love. I'm grateful for this spiritual family and for friendship. Another person, after a season of painful pruning the previous 18 months, the testimony is to find a new church of significance in NSW, to develop new friendships and be welcomed in our church family, and for me to enjoy being part of Sunday worship services of heavenly character and sharing of the word of God. Thank you, God. Isn't it amazing what fellowship does to us? It's the place where we find restoration. It's where we deeply connect around the word. It's where we talk, where we carry each other's burdens, as it says in Galatians. Speaking to the church, you carry one another's burdens. And when Jesus leads the house and there's devotion to the word, then we'll see people devoted to one another. So why don't you give yourself a clap and a cheer this morning for devoting yourself to the fellowship this year. All our life group leaders, thank you for everyone that's led a life group. Even when it's sometimes incredibly difficult to navigate conversations, even when it's sometimes difficult when you've sent out the WhatsApp message and no one replies and no one pitches up. <laughs> I like the giggles. It's because it's true. I'm not a prophet. I just, you hear the stories, right? <laughs> Thank you for studying the word yourself, for breaking it open. Thank you for being coordinators of care when it's needed, organizing meals, praying, visiting. Thank you for taking that role upon yourself as life group leaders. Um, can we give a moment to thank our life group leaders for all of that this year? And then I want to take a moment to focus on our devotion to the fellowship in the broader spectrum of being an every nation church. We had the privilege of hosting the Build Conference this year, for those of you that were here um, earlier this year. Um, but outside of the Build Conference, we were also given the honor to privilege, uh, privilege, privilege to host the songwriting retreat um, the global songwriting retreat. But you know what's beautiful about this house is that we are part of a global family that we are devoted to. Men and women that keep us accountable, Ricky and I have the privilege to meet with the Boerland leaders every month and we just talk to one another openly and candidly and we pray for one another and we encourage one another. There's a devotion to the fellowship outside of here to a greater body that is just incredible. I've written a few other notes here we get to worship together as a global family. The beginning of the year, next year again, we'll have our prayer and fasting where 80 nations will set aside a year to a week. Well, that'll be great, fasting for a year. Anyone keen? <clears throat> Gonna see the, the church shrink within the first few months, physically and within numbers. But we get to serve together as a global family. We get to dream together of new nations. We get to just encourage each other in the vision of taking the gospel to every nation around the world. We've had some amazing leaders come to this house this year to come and preach. We've had Roger, Simon, Carol, Eric Bapatel, Justin Gray, our very own Mark Simpson. It's amazing how we are part of a much bigger family than what we see here on a Sunday. And we're devoted to that. And then the third thing that the first church devoted themselves to was worship. It says they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and prayers. 
the acts of worship, the acts of remembering what Jesus has done at the cross. Every time we break the bread and we drink of the wine, it's to remind ourselves and to remember what Jesus has done. And they devoted themselves to worship through prayer, through coming together to pray and see God often. I love hearing the stories of men praying together on a Friday morning, women praying together on a Monday night, people crying out, say, hey, can you pray with me? We don't always get together corporately, but there's other means that we communicate prayer requests to one another. And these people were deeply committed and devoted to their worship. Part of our worship is our singing through wholehearted. We've had two worship nights this year where we gather together. And then I wanna share just a praise Jesus moment. This year he has used our wholehearted album to reach the nations. Just the other day, Brian did a quick check and on Spotify alone for the past year, we've had a million plays of the wholehearted music that comes from this congregation. And you know what? I believe there are testimonies out there of someone listening to words fulfilled and getting healed when those songs are being sung. The word of God being brought to us in, in music form. So we thank God that we are a house devoted to the worship of him. Also our prayer, this middle of the year, we had a prayer and fast three days called quickening. And I really experienced the quickening of, of God in those three days. We're gonna do that again next year. The middle of the year where we just put time aside to pursue him. And then our monthly prayer meetings. And again this week on Thursday night, we're gonna pray together for one last time this year outside of Sundays and life groups. We were gonna pray for the nations and pray for one another. Come join us. So they were devoted to the word of God. They were devoted to the fellowship and they were devoted to worship. And then we see a demonstration. Because Jesus was leading the house and they looked to him, these things happened. And then as an effect of this lifestyle and this culture of this New Testament church, it says that many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. They saw the power of God in their midst. And if you have seen the power of God in your midst this year, will you just give God a, a clap and a cheer this morning? You might have experienced healing. You might have experienced a gift of faith where you just have faith for something and then God comes through. You might have experienced how God uses you in a spiritual gift. You see, when the church is steadfast in devotion, he is powerful in demonstration. When we just keep devoting ourselves to him, he will come and demonstrate through us. He will come and bring his power to our midst. I wanna share two stories that came to us this week, two testimonies. The one is short, the one is a little bit longer. The first one, listen to this, this is beautiful. In 1984, we signed a promise that we will pray for our four children to help them accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. This year, the fourth one have now also decided to follow Jesus. A mom and a dad devoted to Jesus, seeing the demonstration of God's power in their midst, in their kids. Listen to this story, this is amazing. I'm writing this because I feel compelled to share a story of thanksgiving, of how the Lord has come through for us as a family. Our daughter was born with a rare eye defect. 
We suspected nothing at birth, and shortly thereafter, we noticed that her eyes have rather abnormal shapes. She has a defect that involves the retina and optic nerve in both eyes. Approximately only 50% of the retinas developed. Her left eye has another condition, which means that the eye is underdeveloped and smaller than the left eye. This happens in approximately the fifth week of pregnancy. Children with her condition normally have very poor eyesight, and some are blind. She is six now. When she was three, she was seen by pediatric big worth ophthalmologist, thanks Byron, at Tigerberg. At the time, she was too young to do an eye test, so we really had no idea how her vision is affected. Another pediatric ophthalmologist had, however, advised us that we should be looking at Worcester School for the Blind for her. Last year, she had her first eye test. The lady doing the test was astounded at what she could see. She regularly works with the pediatric ophthalmologist at Tigerberg, and when she saw uh, the results, and she called the specialist, and when she pulled her file to look at the photographs, she declared to me in no certain terms that this is a miracle. I cannot medically explain how she can have this eyesight with the physical structure of her retinas. The real miracle was, however, that the Lord had shown my husband during my pregnancy that he should specifically pray for her eyes. It's amazing. I regularly prayed during the preg pregnancy the scripture that she will be the apple of his eye. It's amazing, eh? And she keeps on surprising us with her ability. She is doing fine in a mainstream school and recently had a second tennis lesson. She has no depth perception. She can't see depth of field. And after a tennis lesson, the coach phoned me to exclaim that she is doing better in tennis than some of the kids that have taken lessons for the whole year. So we wanna share this to give God the glory for a miracle which he has worked in our lives. Isn't that beautiful? See, when we simply continue to devote ourselves to Jesus, he comes with powerful demonstration. And I know of people being healed this year. I know of stories of change, of breakthrough, of prayers answered. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and your prayer have not been answered yet. Maybe it will be answered in a different way than what you expect. But there's trust in this Jesus that we devote ourselves to, that he leads us in triumphant procession all the times. The second thing that happened in this first church is that there were incredible generosity. It said that they would have their meals together with glad and generous hearts. You know what I love about these people? They did stuff that's a little bit bizarre. They literally sold their homes and they gathered the money and they brought it to the leaders and they said, use this money to make sure that everyone here has enough food and a place to stay. They shared everything. It said they had all things in common, not just some of it. They believed that what belongs to me also belongs to you. And I often thought about that. It's a little bit like Martin Luther saying, I have a dream. I often thought about a dream. What would it look like if a faith community truly believes that everything they have belongs to everyone? Because it's from God anyway. And they would start sharing in a whole new way. And this year we have had the opportunity 
through your generosity to help many families through our benevolence fund. I know of stories in life groups where people are taken care of, where we didn't even need to know about it, or where the benevolence fund hasn't even been used. So this dream of seeing a community live like that, I feel like God is starting to make that happen in our hearts because we're devoted to Jesus. And when we are, we can't help but be generous. Some of the ways we were generous this year is through the blanket drive, where we collect blankets so that we can empower every nation, Zola, to take the blankets to their community. We were generous through partnering with every nation, Zola. We're generous to expressions like Mama Temba, our benevolence fund I've mentioned. We also give to every nation national, who gives to every nation international. We support three churches across the globe financially, month in and month out. And just as a means to show you how our generosity has grown, I've got a graph. And the graph is from 2014 all the way to now, 2018. And then you'll see the percentages from zero to 25%. This is the percentage of our income that we as a church give away outside of every nation, Somerset West. And because of, because of you guys being devoted to Jesus, becoming more generous, it empowers us as leadership to be more generous outside of Sundays, life groups, kids' church, and everything we have to do. Isn't that amazing? Almost 25% of the income we currently get, we steward back into the kingdom, other places outside of this house. And that's a testament of people who's receiving their food with glad and generous hearts. Say, God, what I have is not my own. Thank you for the little bit I have, and thank you that I could be a steward of the much I have and be generous with that outside of my own walk in life. So I wanna thank you this morning for your generosity. I want you to see that it reaches beyond this expression. It reaches to the nations. It reaches to other communities. It reaches to lives that are dramatically impacted by the generosity that you guys have shown. And I'm gonna give you guys a cheer, but you can join me this morning. <laughs> and then we see another effect that this New Testament church had. Not only has there been a demonstration of God's power, not only that they become generous, but it says the Lord added to the number day by day those who were being saved. And I thought about evangelism this year. This year was truly a moment where the value of evangelism wasn't just one we spoke about, but we started living it. A couple of examples is our missions to Bremen and Belfast into Europe. We've shared the stories. Dave, come and join me quickly. We've shared the stories of how we would see night in and night out in a tent in Germany how people get saved and meet Jesus. Isn't that amazing? God is adding to his church daily those who are being saved. Dave just got back from Paris. Comment t'appelles-tu? Yeah, je m'appelle David. Je m'appelle David. Lindy, you must like his French name a little bit more. Hey, David. <laughs> he just came back and I want him to share quick one testimony of the Lord adding daily to the number of those who believed in Paris last week. Cool. So, yeah, the trip to Paris was amazing because just our expectation of what God could do and uh, Paris is one of the hardest places for the gospel and we saw God do the whole week just amazingly connecting students every, almost every single meeting every day with so many 
you know, like Philip and the Ethiopian, God leading the meetings and the most amazing coincidences. But probably one of the most amazing was we were, we were on a train and we were uh, going to the service on the Sunday and we'd just come back from being in the town or close to the university. And we connected with this young student who was basically a physicist student, an atheist, never really heard about God, had heard about God distantly, but didn't really know anything about him. And we started chatting to him, and then suddenly the next minute he was coming with us to church. And we clicked with him in the most amazing way. I was chatting with him about, you know, physics and cosmology and the beginning of the universe and what it points to. But we had the most amazing connection with him. And anyway, he got radically saved in the service. And, yeah. And, 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 you know, they say it's such a, a difficult place to reach and just our expectation. And then the amazing thing was this week he was basically followed up uh, with Ryan and Marita doing it. And he decided to bring three of his friends along who basically said that he, they, were very, they, they were very impressed with his openness to new things like God. And they'd like to come out. They'd like to come along and find out more about that. So it's amazing. Thanks, Dave. I want, you, I want you to see the progression I'm leading us through. When we devoted to him, to his word, to the fellowship, to worship, we see his demonstration. We, we see the power of God in our midst. We become generous people. And as our generosity enables us to go to nations, God adds. Isn't that amazing? We took a bold step this year to say, you know what, there's three missions, but can we squeeze in Paris? And if it was for that one person that, because we sent Dave, who understands the cosmopolitan and everything else. The lady should have gotten that joke. The cosmology and the sort of the universe and everything else. We sent him to a place like that to have a conversation with a physics student who doesn't believe in a creator. And he gets saved and God adds. And now three more. Isn't that amazing? Yes, God is just awesome. Then Eastern Cape. We reach into there, so many salvations, so many numbers being added. We have found some leaders that we're gonna develop next year that would hopefully be our future church leaders in the Eastern Cape. And then a big one for us this year as a house was our Just One Sundays. And that was all of you who attended and partook in it and who took one of the, the Just One bands and, and you walked around your daily life sharing the love of Jesus. Through that, God has added to the number of believers. And it's not about adding to every nation sums of waste, it's about adding to the kingdom. So can we give God a massive shout for adding to his beliefs? Amen. And then Brian and Henry can come and join me. There was one last thought I had is, we saw this New Testament church serving one another. It said that they attended the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. Now, just a little bit of context. There was an already set rhythm where the people would go to the temple on Fridays, which is the Sabbath day in their culture, to go and worship. And when Christ came and his first church operated, they kept that rhythm. And it's similar to what we do on Sundays. We come together together. But then also they open up their homes and so much service and ministry happened in the homes of the people throughout the week. And we wanna take a moment to thank all of you who participated in serving this year. 
So I'm going to ask these two men to do it for us. Good morning, everybody. Henry. I'm, uh, sorry, I'm, uh, I'm just Henry's intro. When they asked Henry to speak this morning and to thank the volunteers, they said, but maybe you should just tell a joke before you start. And Henry was like, well, just let Brian speak. <laughs> so I'm just, actually, his, his joke. <laughs> his joke this morning. So it worked. It worked. Um, nobody did. Um, as, I was, as I was thinking about this year and about thanking the volunteers helping on a Sunday morning, there was something wrong with my sound there. Um, helping on a Sunday morning, I was thinking why we serve, why we do what we do. And at Every Nation Summit Ways, we value family. We value every single person that comes through that door. And we want to host them in the best possible way as we serve them with our gifts. You know, and uh, I was trying to write down a few thoughts and I was thinking, okay, family, family. Oh, I remember that family at the park yesterday with that funny pram. It had such funny wheels. I saw this car the other day that had funny wheels. <laughs> and I, oh wait, no wait, I need to speak about family. So this is, this is so, I actually brought this book up just to look fun funky, but it doesn't have anything in it. <laughs> but no, I wanna... <laughs> I want to continue on what Pierre said this morning, that nothing that happens here really is, is by human strength. You know, it happens in the Bible a few times where God moves on the hearts of people and they serve. And in Act 6, it says that there was too much to do. People were complaining and they brought all the people together and said, choose amongst yourselves some people that are filled with the Spirit, reliable, and of good repute. And I want to thank every single one of you this morning that serves in and out this whole year, every Sunday, for being filled with the Spirit, for not doing it for yourself, for doing it for every person that walks through those doors, that they will feel welcome, they will feel hosted well, they would feel like this is a place that they call home. And secondly, for doing it for God, because every single act of our lives is worship. So I want to thank you. And... Um, for the people that are new maybe this morning or are not serving, every single thing you see here that's not as part of the school building is set up every Sunday by someone's hands. Someone physically takes a chair and puts it here because they love you and they love God. So can we just give the volunteers that volunteer on a Sunday a massive round of applause. I want to add to Brian, volunteerism is something that really actually doesn't make sense to me. And I think for a long time I had a bit of a skewed idea of what it is. And I blame school for that because at school you get involuntarily volunteered for things that you don't necessarily want to be volunteering for. Uh, so when I was in school there was things called the cadetta and drill peloton. I don't know if you remember those kind of things. So for some strange reason I got picked for that. And... Um, and we had this teacher giving this incredible motivational speech. This is an honor and a privilege to be part of it. And we're going to give out everything. And then he ended it with, and if you don't want to be part of this, you need to leave now. And I thought, this is my cue. And I stood up and as I was going, hey, what are you doing? But so there wasn't 
really room for negotiation. Um, so I learned when someone asks, do you need something, you look down. Don't make eye contact, just ignore him, it might go away. So uh, thinking about volunteerism, I realized that it's, it's impossible, humanly speaking, to motivate someone to volunteer. I'm pretty good with connecting the dots. So you can think in school when you learn that crime doesn't pay. I quickly connected the dot. Volunteerism is a crime. So, <laughs> so you can think to, if, if you think to yourselves, the fact that we do have volunteers is incredible. Um, <laughs> so it must be God. The fact that we do have volunteers, it must be God. And I'd like to end it off by reading two scriptures. And the first one is, in the same way, it's Matthew 5, verse 16. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I had some of the volunteers ask me this, this week, why do you guys want to thank us? Why? Just tell me thank you. And, and I think this is one of the reasons that we want to thank you today. We, what we see in you reminds us about who our God is, who our Father is. And today is about giving glory to Him. Seeing what you do, there must be a God. And um, in the Old Testament, they had great festivals. They gave us a great example of what it means to have festivals. They did it for quite a few days. And today we're not going to go on for a week, unfortunately. But we're going to celebrate but as we celebrate, I want to remind us that our focus is on God. And even though we're thanking and honoring you, we thank our Heavenly Father for the way that He stirred in your heart to volunteer and to help us. And the last scripture that I want to end off is this one. What, it's in 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 9 in the message translation. It says, what would be an adequate thanksgiving to offer God for all the joy we experience before him because of you. And I think that's the question that we as a staff ask ourselves. What's an adequate thanksgiving offer that we can offer God for the benefit and the joy that we have because of you? So there's no way that we can excuse me, appropriately thank God for what he's done this year. But can I ask you to join me? by turning to one another and just for a minute bow your head together and honor God for what is done and people helping us advancing his kingdom this year. Can I ask you to do that? So can you quickly turn two, two to each other and honor God for what he's done this year? Thank you. I want to end with this thought where I started. As our thanksgiving is, is birthed and founded and goes full circle all back to Jesus Christ who's the head of this house. And as we pursue him, we will continue to be devoted to the word of God, to the fellowship, to worship. We will continue to see a demonstration of his power in, his, in our midst, generous people. We will continue to serve one another and we will continue to see how God adds in the years to come to his faith family, those who believe because of the expression of our love. So Lord Jesus, we come this morning and once more, we thank you 
for an incredible year. We thank you, Lord, that you have worked in our midst. We thank you that we have seen a demonstration of the Father's heart to us as your people. And I pray, Lord, as this, this year is coming quickly to a close and to an end, that we would continue to be a tent of thankfulness to you. Thank you, Lord, that your presence dwells within us through the Holy Spirit. And may our mouths always be filled with praise and thanksgiving to you, our God, in Jesus' name. Amen.